48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines, bars are set to reopen as scheduled on Thursday, while dine-in hours will be extended as the government sticks to its plans to gradually ease COVID restrictions. COVID cases in Shanghai fall as the city marks its third day with no new infections outside quarantine zones. And the UN Children's Fund says the number of severely malnourished children around the world is rising. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says karaoke bars, clubs, and pubs will reopen as scheduled on Thursday. Dine-in services at restaurants will be extended to midnight, and people will be allowed to take their masks off inside well-ventilated gyms. She also urged people to get three jabs before the end of the month to continue to enjoy access to many public areas under the government's vaccine pass initiative. We are not suddenly requiring uh, Hong Kong people to take the third dose before you could enter restaurants or gym and other venues. We have been telling people and announcing well in advance the three-dose requirement under the vaccine pass. So uh, I can confirm and reaffirm here that that remains our plan. So on 31st May, then people will have to have proof of having taken three doses before they can enter their premises. Unless they have a medical reasons or they are recovered patients, then there will be some special arrangements. Mrs. Lam also says she's confident the Executive Council will today approve government restructuring plans based largely on her initial suggestions. She's proposed setting up a new bureau to oversee culture, sports and tourism, splitting the Transport and Housing Bureau into two and getting the Home Affairs Bureau to look after youth and district affairs. Mrs. Lamb says Chief Executive-elect John Lee has voiced support for her blueprint, but she says other proposals are on the cards as well. There will be other proposals. It will not be just the set of proposals put forward by the current term of government. And this is only natural because each chief executive will have his own governance style. And so and having regard to the aspirations of people and the priorities that he has set for the next five years, it is only natural for him to come up with more ideas on how to restructure the government. Epidemiologist Ben Cowling says a new study showing strong antibody responses among COVID patients who then receive a vaccine shows that the overall level of immunity in Hong Kong is significantly higher than official figures suggest. The study by researchers from the University of Hong Kong and the Chinese University confirmed that COVID vaccines were more effective when administered to people who have recovered from COVID compared to those who have never caught the virus. He told RTHK's COVID update program, this is good news. We consider that infections act as natural boosters and they can replace a dose. And what we have in Hong Kong, in the population as a whole, in the past probably three months, two-thirds of the population have had a natural booster. Many of them haven't been documented because we only have about a million confirmed cases, 1.2 million confirmed cases. We think there have been about 4-something million infections because not every infection is confirmed. Of course, and every infection is reported to CHP. So that means that the level of immunity we have in our population right now is higher than just reflected by the vaccine coverage and also by the confirmed case numbers. Police say anti-triad police fined 219 people for breaking social distancing restrictions during a raid on a banquet in Taipo on Saturday night. A 60-year-old man was arrested for COVID violations, as were two other men who were wanted by authorities. Shanghai has achieved the milestone of three consecutive days with no new COVID-19 cases outside the quarantine zones as the number of overall infections fell.
Vicky Wong has details. The National Health Commission says Shanghai reported a total of 823 new COVID infections, down from 938 the day before. The number of symptomatic cases climbed from 69 to 77, while asymptomatic infections dropped from 869 to 746. Shanghai also reported one new COVID-related death, compared with four a day earlier. With the outbreak stabilising, the city plans to resume outdoor activities in stages, with some convenience stores and pharmacies reopening this week. Beijing, meanwhile, reported 43 new locally transmitted symptomatic infections, up from 39 a day earlier, while new asymptomatic cases fell to 9 from 15. In all, health authorities reported 162 new local symptomatic cases on the mainland. A China economic analyst says it's too early to say whether the planned easing of a weeks-long lockdown in Shanghai will help boost the mainland economy. New figures released yesterday showed both retail sales and industrial production slumping to their weakest growth in two years. Ben Cavender from the China Market Research Group says the hope is that consumers will emerge from the lockdowns eager to spend. I think everybody that's looking at China's industrial capacity and ability to manufacture is still very worried right now. There isn't really anything um, that's happened yet to really some sort of unsnarl the, the major domestic supply chain issues we have. Um, and we have obviously still a big international supply chain issue as well. So I think you're going to start seeing probably some interest, you know, coming back into the stock market going forward, um, probably some interest suggesting that maybe, you know, in, in Q3, we're going to see a big rebound in consumer spending. So I, I'd look out for maybe money flowing into you know, consumer stocks. But I, I would still be fairly cautious at this point, I would say. Ukraine says over 260 soldiers besieged inside the Azovstal plant in Mariupol for more than 80 days have been evacuated. It's hoped all will be returned home through exchange agreements with Russia. Ukraine's military said the troops had performed their combat task and it was now focused on saving lives. The Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky said Ukraine needed its heroes alive. Thanks to the actions of the Ukrainian military, armed forces of Ukraine intelligence negotiating group, the International Committee of the Red Cross and the UN, we hope that we will be able to save the lives of our guys. There are severely wounded ones among them. They are given care. I want to stress, our Ukraine needs Ukrainian heroes alive. Meanwhile, the western Ukrainian city of Lviv has come under its most intense attack yet. A series of explosions have been heard, sending many residents into air raid shelters. Meanwhile, western military sources say President Putin is now directly involved in the day-to-day running of the war in Ukraine, together with his chief of staff. Sweden has formally announced its decision to join NATO a day after Finland did the same. The announcement was made by Prime Minister Magdalena Andersson. After the government's debate, we had an additional meeting and we made two decisions. The first is that the government has decided to inform NATO that Sweden wants to become a member of the alliance and that the Swedish ambassador to NATO will put this request forward shortly. Ms. Andersson said Europe was living in a dangerous new reality and joining the alliance was the best thing for Sweden's security. But she said her country did not want permanent NATO bases or nuclear weapons on its territory. European allies have welcomed confirmation of Sweden's decision to apply for NATO membership. Norway, Denmark and Iceland said they were ready to support Finland and Sweden by all means necessary if they came under attack. 
The countries added that they would start preparing to put security assurances in place. The moves in Stockholm and Helsinki have drawn a measured response from President Putin. Finland, Sweden, I would like to inform you, dear colleagues, that Russia has no problem with these states. An expansion to these countries does not pose a direct threat to us, to Russia. But the expansion of military infrastructure to these territories will certainly provoke our response. The United Nations Children's Fund says the number of severely malnourished children worldwide is rising because of the combined effects of the coronavirus pandemic, climate change and armed conflicts. UNICEF added that treating them was becoming more expensive because of the rising cost of therapeutic food. Catherine Russell is the executive director of UNICEF. A staggering 14 million children under the age of five suffer from severe wasting. About a quarter of them live in emergency zones like Ethiopia. But two-thirds live in places that are not facing humanitarian crises, including Bangladesh and India. Every one of these children needs immediate care to avoid lasting damage to their bodies, their developing brains, and even death. The Biden administration says it's going to ease some of the restrictions imposed on Cuba by the former president, Donald Trump. The BBC's Will Grant has the details. Since President Biden came to office, there's been no ostensible difference between his policy towards Cuba and that of his predecessor, President Trump. Now, however, the State Department has announced that it is unpicking several of the key sanctions put in place by the Trump administration. Specifically, they include the vital issue of increased consular services in Havana so that people can obtain the much-coveted family reunification visas. In addition, the cap on remittances of $1,000 every three months will be lifted and educational visits will be able to start up again. More charter flights and commercial flights to destinations beyond Havana are due to be reinstated and the Biden administration has promised to support Cuban entrepreneurs through access to cloud technology and e-commerce. NASA's Perseverance Mars rover is about to begin the most important part of its mission. After landing on the red planet 15 months ago, it's traveled 11 kilometers to reach an ancient river delta, an area identified by scientists as one of the most likely places to find signs of life. Professor Bioni Horgan is a scientist working on the mission. In the delta, what we're looking for are little bits of, of, you know, ancient microbial communities that might have fallen down to the bottom of the lake that were living somewhere in the water column and uh, and then you know they fell down to the bottom they may have been uh, microbes living in the watershed that got washed in by the rivers and concentrated in the bottom of the lake the rover will climb up the front of the delta retrieving rock samples a future mission is being planned on bringing the samples back to earth a short time ago the hang Seng index was at 20,424 that's 468 points up on the previous close, turnover stands at $66 billion. Now, a quick look at currencies. The U.S. dollar is trading at 129.31 to the yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar and four cents. And that pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 68 cents. Sports now and Newcastle have dented Arsenal's hopes of qualifying for the European Champions League. This is bad news for Arsenal. But boy, it's been coming. Newcastle won Arsenal nil. Newcastle celebrate here. But from afar, it's Tottenham's goal to celebrate, really. Arsenal's Champions League dream took a huge blow. That 2-0 defeat to Newcastle at St. James Park. The Gunners remain two points outside the Premier League's top four. They trail Tottenham by two points with one game remaining. Arsenal boss Mikel Arteta 
says his team got outplayed. Extremely disappointed. I think um, when you want to play in the competition that we wanted to play, performing at this level, you know, you have zero chance to do that. Newcastle were 10 times, 100 times better than us today. Um, and that's the reality. And you cannot accept that. And uh, that's what happened in the pitch today. Newcastle went up in the second half through a Ben White own goal before Bruno Gomares made it two. Manager Eddie Howe was delighted with his team's performance. That's the style of play that we want to deliver. Um, easier said than done because the quality of the opposition is so good in this league and Arsenal top quality team. But today I thought we made life very difficult for them. We never let them settle in the game and um, as I say, we played some really good stuff as well at times um, during both halves and deservedly scored the two. Probably could have scored more. So it's a great night. Jurgen Klopp says he has to monitor his players' fitness before selecting his team for tonight's match at Southampton. Mo Salah and Virgil van Dijk are both questionable after going off injured during Liverpool's extra-time win in the FA Cup final on Saturday. Liverpool are four points behind the leaders, Manchester City, with the game in hand. Klopp says he'll make a late decision on who plays. We only played the 120 minutes two days ago, so I have to make a lot of decisions. Um, and then we will line up a team. What I can promise, and definitely, and say we, we, we line up a team, and only for one reason to try to win the game at Southampton, as, as difficult as it is, because that's obviously the job to do, and we have to see who is able to help. UK government ministers are worried that a 5.5 billion US dollar deal to buy Chelsea may fall apart. The BBC's Sammy Rudavella has more. There are fears from the UK government that the deal might run out of time and fall through. One of the sticking points is because there's no real agreement on what's going to happen to the proceeds of the sale. Originally, it's understood to have gone to a charitable organisation, or would do, uh, but the structure hasn't yet been agreed. There's a deadline for all of this of the 31st of May, by the way. Uh, the government gave Chelsea a, a special licence uh, to be carrying on. They've also got to satisfy uh, with any sale um, the English football authorities or, or even risk being kicked out of the competition if any of this isn't sorted yet. Time to look at the weather. It will be mainly fine. Dry during the day with moderate northeasterly winds freshening later. The outlook, sunny periods in the next couple of days. A few showers later in the latter part of the week. Right now it's 26 degrees with the relative humidity standing at 58%. And to end the news, our top stories once again. Bars are set to reopen as scheduled on Thursday, while dine-in hours at restaurants will be extended as the government sticks to its plans to gradually ease COVID restrictions. COVID cases in Shanghai fall as the city marks its third day with no new infections outside the quarantine zones. And the UN Children's Fund says the number of severely malnourished children around the world is rising. That's the news, sports and weather from RTHK.
Welcome to the 123 show. It's that time of the week again, Tuesday, which means we talk food and drink. After 1.30, my soundbite guest is Anson Wong, a local law student and keen eater. He admits he has been a bit of a chubby boy growing up and he's always loved a whole host of different cuisines, but doesn't like cooking. Today, he shares his soundbite with us. And after 2 p.m., Andrew Dembina has a selection of tasty bits of news from the local and global food and drink scene. And then after 2.30, have you ever thought about what type of food you should be eating based on your age? Well, Graham Lawton, a science writer whose first book, This Book Could Save Your Life, looks at the kinds of foods we should be eating at various stages of our life. And I'll give you some highlights from it. So make sure you've got your pen and paper at handy to make some notes. That's all coming up between now and three o'clock. And of course, I've got some fantastic music. Don't make me envious. You know I'm cruel when I see red and I'm losing my head. People think I'm strong and there ain't nothing wrong with that except when I get mad. Except when I get sad. 